Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. What's going on, Crossroads? Y'all doing all right? Y'all doing good? Man... Can y'all do me a favor? Could y'all put your hands together for all the people that went public with their faith today? Just round of applause. Man, I absolutely love baptisms. In fact, a lot of my faith as a young boy was, uh, was, a, was, was so molded and shaped, sorry, excuse me, shaped uh, by me watching my parents baptize people as, uh, as we were missionaries. Uh, and if you don't know who I am, I am Zach Lubeck. Me and my wife are the middle school pastors over the exchange and it is an honor and privilege to be able to get to, to speak to you guys today. And uh, if you guys are taking notes, and, and you know, uh, a famous quote from a friend of mine, Jaron DeLott, says, note takers are history makers, and I tell them that literally every service. So note takers are history makers. So if you're taking notes and you wanted to title this message, uh, the title is, what do you believe? I'm going to say it again. It says, what do you believe? believe. You know, uh, there was a moment when I was seven years old when uh, me and my dad had just watched uh, one of the Spider-Man movies, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the goat, you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Uh, we, we had just watched Spider-Man and we were walking in the parking lot. Uh, and I don't know how in the world this happened, but my dad parked as far away in this mall as you could possibly be. So, and I'm short at this point in my life, seven years old, I'm not tall now. Uh, and it's taken us forever to get to the car. And as we're walking, I'm thinking to myself, like after watching this movie, how, in, like, how it impacted me so much, I was thinking like, I have superpowers. Like, like, to, like thinking about Spider-Man is like, he's a loser. I'm a loser. Like, I, he has glasses. I can see. We can do this. I have powers. Come on. And as we begin to walk, I'm starting to, like, motivate myself. You know what I'm saying? You know when you get, like, motivated, you're, like, trying to, like, it's like, yeah, you got this. You're going to do this. Come on. And, uh, and I, I get to the gumption to tell my dad. I'm like, you know what, dad? Guess what? My dad looks at me. He's like, with a smile. He's like, what? What's going on? Dad, I have superpowers. And you, as you might imagine, it's just like, man, it's like, ah, that's, that's cute. You're seven. I hope you know that. Like, you're not like some kid anymore. Uh, and I'm like, no, dad, no, I mean it. I have, I have superpowers. And like, I, I, I mean it. I don't know, you like deepen your voice as best you can. Uh, and my dad, like, it completely bypasses the second one. He looks at my mom, they're talking. And like, I'm really just feeling like I need to impress upon my dad. I have superpowers. Believe me. And, he, and, and uh, I, I, get, I get the gumption and I, I grab his shirt and I, I like nudge him a little bit. And he's like, what's going on, buddy? I said, dad, I have superpowers and I'm willing to prove it. And my dad looks at me and he says, what you got? And I said, I have the power to stop cars. Jumped in front of a white sedan right there in this parking lot. Bam. Two things happened right there. I want to let you know that the car stopped. I did have superpowers. Second thing was a butt whooping, but that's not important. Um, <laughs> And in that moment, my dad reached out, he grabbed me, he ripped me out of that situation. I was very, very fortunate that even in my, my, my mistake that, uh, that my father pulled me out of it. But what I want to ask you a question today in, in talking about belief and what do you believe, uh, I want to let you know that there are some things that we have allowed ourselves to believe that are not founded in truth. That there's some things in this world that we've, we've allowed ourselves to say are truth, but are so far from it. You know, in this moment, the truth that I believed that was obviously a lie, 
this truth that I believed almost got me in a situation that I very well could have lost my life. And I want to ask you guys right where you are today, what do you believe? If you're taking notes, a point I want to make to you guys today is that believing in something, not in truth, will always lead to suffering. I'm going to say it again. Believing in something, not in truth, will always lead to suffering. Mine almost led me to a morgue or, 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 or broken bones, whatever that might have looked like. But praise God, my dad was there to pull me out of it. Um, you know, we read about this countless times in the Bible where, where it was belief in the wrong things got the, got, got the people in the Bible in a sticky situation. And we're going to look at uh, 2 Kings uh, 17, uh, 15, if y'all want to read along with me. 2 Kings, I turned off my iPad, shame on me. 2 Kings uh, 17 through 15, it reads, uh, they, reject, they rejected his decrees and the promises he made to their ancestors and the warnings he had given them. They went after worthless idols that had become as worthless as they were. I want to let you know that they started believing in things that, that had no weight, that had no firm foundation. And I want to let you know that there's a foundation in Christ. There's a foundation in a man I call Jesus that will always be there for you and always be there with you. And uh, as we read on in a, in a further down in this, in this passage, it says in verse 23, finally, the Lord turned away from Israel as, uh, as uh, he had said he would through all of his servants, the prophets, uh, so the people of Israel were taken to the land of, big word, uh, as captives, uh, and they are still there to this day. And the reason, I know it's, it's silly, but the reason I, I read this scripture is, uh, you know, when you see the, the Israelites begin to reject the promises of God. You see the Israelites begin to, to, to turn away from the promises that were set in front of them into things that were, as the word says, as worthless as they were, that's tough, you know. Uh, and you know, my mom used to always tell me. Now, this is my mom is is just one of the wisest people in the world. I mean that. Like I'm I'm like eight or nine years old, and she's telling me stuff like this. And she the, the line that I always heard as a kid was, you know, Jesus would never place a curse on you, but I want to let you know that life without Jesus is a curse. Now I'm, I'm gonna say it again. So come on, somebody. My mama used to always tell me that Jesus will never place a curse on you, but life without Jesus is truly a curse. And you know, and speak, hey, come on somebody, I love it. And you know, in, uh, in talking about belief and you know, looking at the story I just told you of how I, I truly believed I had superpowers, something I wanna share with you guys today that wherever you are in your walk with faith, whether you've known him for a long time or maybe you don't know him at all, I wanna let you know that it was only proximity to my father in this situation that saved me from a terrible grave error. I'm gonna say it again. It was only the fact that, that I was close to my father that even in a mistake, he was able to pull me out of it. And I wanna let you know that you might be in this room you might have made mistakes in your life and you might feel like you're too far gone. I wanna let you know that the word says that his hand is never too far, that it cannot reach you. His hand is never too far. You know, in looking at belief, uh, something that's easy to do is look at the roots. Uh, like, where, what's your foundation? You know, you know, the Bible says that the word is a strong foundation, one that'll never be shaken. And I wanna let you know, where, where is your roots at? 
You know, I can look at mine and I can look at my family. I was blessed to be in a, in a, in a, a very uh, Jesus-loved home. My parents poured in the word at a very young age to me, and I was very fortunate to live that life. Uh, and that was my roots. But where are your roots today? Are your roots simply, or do you simply just have the faith of your family? Do you simply just uh, have the faith of maybe what the negative things that people have poured into you? Maybe the, the promotion that you didn't get? Are your roots based off of only the success that you have? Where's your faith today? What do you believe? We read in Romans 16, uh, 17 through 18, and it, and it reads, I appeal to you, brothers, uh, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such person, uh, persons do not serve our Lord, but their own appetites. By smooth talks and flattery, they deceive in the, in the hearts of the naive. They deceive the hearts of the naive. You know, I want to ask you, what do you put your faith in? What do you believe? I want to draw a little scale for you guys real quick. And uh, there was a, a moment in my life that I had the opportunity uh, to go on a road trip with my best friend. His name's Garrett. I love him. He's been my best friend since I was a little kid. And, and uh, we were just in college and we were, uh, uh, he, he, he told me like, man, we got to do some, we got we to go on like some bucket list things. Come on now. Uh, and uh, he said, no, we need to do a road trip from Dallas, Texas, which is where I was originally from. Dallas, Texas to LA. So my older brother lives in LA just for some base. Um, so we said, oh yeah, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to go on this road trip. We're going to go as, as literally far as we can. We only stopped for gas. We just, we owned it. And like, we're trying to write down bucket list items that we had written down as a kid. Like, I mean, not the smartest things, like running through cornfields. And I, and I grew up in the city. So like, that's why, that's why that was a bucket list item. Not like just anything, but Running through a cornfield, did it. And one of the other things that we had written down that we had, we had wanted to do so bad was go skydiving. That's, that's pretty crazy. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot, of, a lot. It takes a lot of gumption to go skydiving. And I want to let you know that, uh, that we were looking at, as we're driving, we're looking up like what it would take, like what are the, 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 the things that you have to make sure you have before you go. And the, the common denominator that we found through many of uh, the places that we were looking at is the one thing that was, that was the same was that you have to be under 200 and 50 pounds. And sadly, I want to let you know that I was, I'm a big boy. I like, I, I was there uh, and I was a little nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, we need to be able to accomplish this bucket list item. My best friend, Skinny. Oh, so, uh, you know what I'm saying? We all have this friend. I was like, oh man, I wish you were fat too. Like, it's just like, uh, and you know, my, my, my friend of mine, uh, we're going and we're trying to figure this out. And I, I get to my brother's house and this is, this is where the story takes a turn. I get to my brother's house in LA, uh, and we have two days before we go skydiving. And I, I get, uh, on the scale at his house and I won't let you know it was an old scale, but I, I get on the scale and I get so excited. Like we'd been eating healthy. I hate salad, but I eat some salad this week. Come on somebody. So like I, I get on this scale and it is like nine pounds over 250. And I was just like, I was so heartbroken and distraught. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out. I've been eating healthy, sort of. Like, it's just like, it's tough, man. And I'm like, and I'm looking at my best friend, get on this scale. I'm like, why are you even getting on this thing? Get off this thing. What you doing? Uh, and uh, uh, so I'm, like, I'm really discouraged in this moment because I'm like, man, I'm not going to be able to accomplish this bucket list item we've been wanting to do forever. Like we were, so like I said, we've known each other for, since we were small kids and like we wrote down items, like things that we needed to do. And this was one of them. It's like, I need to do this. We've got to do it. But I want to let you know, I stepped on that scale and I was so, 
so discouraged. And I want to ask you just in this room, maybe God has put some things on your heart. What scale are you stepping on? What things do you, do you feel like you're in? What season do you feel like you're in that you're not qualified to do what you feel like God has told you to do? And I want to let you know that there's another way. That there's a way you're going to see. So we get to this skydiving place, and I'm discouraged. I'm sad. And uh, I, uh, I, uh, I watch Garrett go through all the process, and he, he steps on the scale. Obvious pass. Get out of there. Um, and uh, I'm discouraged. I didn't even want to get on the scale. I, didn't, I actually told him, I was like, I think, I think I'm good. I'm just going to watch you do it. And uh, the lady there had said, no, you should, you should just try. What's, what's the harm in trying? So I, I jump on this scale, and I was... 238 pounds. And it was, it was awesome. And I want to let you know, the point of the story is not that God did a miraculous Weight Watchers on me. I want to let you know that the first scale I jumped on was broken. I want to let you know that the first scale that I stepped on at my brother's house, it said that I wasn't going to be able to accomplish what I wanted to do, what I had set in my heart to do. I wasn't going to be able to do it, but I want to let you know that there's a scale and there's a man standing by that says, you need to go for it because I've called you to things. I have called you to step on this thing and I've called you approved. You just have to walk it out. What scale are you on? What, have, what, has, what has God put on your heart that you have been hindered by because you have chosen to believe what the world has told you? Man, I want to I draw some parallels between two really important stories that, I, that I've taken really hold of my life. And uh, the first story, uh, I want, so let me rephrase this. I want to draw a scale for you guys. I want to ask you, where are you at in your faith? And I'm going to read these two stories. And I want you to kind of examine yourself and see where you are at. The first story I want to tell you guys is Matthew 8, 5 through 8, and I'm going to read it, and it, and it says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. The scripture goes on and says that he, he talks about how I am a man under authority. I know if I tell my servant to go, he will go. And if I tell my servant to come, he will come. And I understand the authority that is in the name that is Jesus. I understand the power that is in his name. And you don't even have to come under my roof. I simply need to say, Jesus, Jesus, Lord of my life, I pray that you would be here in this situation. And I know it will be done. I want to let you know that this is one of the only times we see that Jesus was st amazed, stunned even, at the faith of this man. And we don't know how long this man had heard about Jesus. We don't really know much about his story other than he had faith to believe. Where are you at in your life? What do you believe? We read in John 8, uh, 32, it says, uh, when you will know the truth, and wait, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm going to read it again. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The point I want to make to you guys is what do you put your faith in? Where are you at on this scale? The other end of the scale I want to draw to you guys is, is a, a very famous passage. And it's, it's a man who got a very unfortunate name called Doubt and Tom. And I want, to, I want to read part of his story. And it's John 20, 24 through 29. And I love reading the Bible. Can I read the Bible to you guys today? Come on, somebody. I love this church. And it reads, John 20, 24 through 29. It says, now Thomas 
one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I have seen the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the side uh, where the nails were and put my hand on the side uh, and put my hand on his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in a house, uh, in a house again, and that Thomas uh, was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus, uh, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then uh, he said to Thomas, put your finger in my, uh, put, uh, put your fingers here. See my hands, reach out your hands and put them in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, Lord, my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet still believe. The point of me reading this scripture is I'm sure there's a good bit of us that have known Christ for a very long time. Where are you at in your faith? Are you willing to be like a centurion soldier that had to walk home believing that God was gonna do a healing, but he hadn't seen it yet? Are we gonna be a people group where we looking at, at what God did and say, I don't know if he's gonna do it in me. Where's your faith? I believe God's gonna do great and mighty things in your life. Do you believe it? Come on, somebody. You know, uh, looking at this scale, looking at the comparison between these stories, where are you at in your faith? Where are you at on this scale? You know, some of us might be in this room and you've allowed doubts to creep in. You've allowed doubts to, uh, to cause you to stumble, to maybe even cause you to sin. And I want to let you know that we see uh, even when Peter denied Jesus, he said he cursed his name. He, it led him to things that he was not proud of. But I want to let you know that Jesus still called him back to the Father. I want to let you know that you, your proximity to the Father matters. I want to let you know that if Jesus, if you allow Jesus close to your life, that even when you are stumbling to make a mistake, to try to think, God, is this right? He's going to lead you and guide you, and he will always steer you where you need to go if you put your faith in him. Where are you at on the scale? A point I want to make to you guys is your doubt is not death to your faith, simply a check engine light to your car. I'm going to read it. I'm, I'll read it again. It says, your doubt is not death to your faith, only a check engine light. Now, I don't know about you guys. I know I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room that know a lot about cars, but your boy over here does not know anything. I'm as illiterate as cars as it can come. Uh, and, you know, whenever I see a check engine light in, in my car, I'm not going to my friends. I'm not going to people that I don't think know what they're talking about. I'm going to take it to somebody who is qualified to deal with the car that is there. And I want to I ask you guys here today, how many of us would take a car that you know is broken to somebody who does not know absolutely Absolutely, what they're doing. I'm sure some of us might have in this room, but I want to tell you that there, are, that there are things that we need to take care of in our own lives, that there are things that we need to look back at the word of God. We need to go back to a firm foundation. I'm going to take my car that when it's broke to a mechanic that knows what he's doing, that's degreed up. And why is it that with our faith, we'll, we believe everything that comes through Facebook? We believe everything that comes on an Instagram post or maybe your Snapchat. I don't know what you look at, but I'm just asking you, why is it we believe those things so well when we haven't tested them in the word? I wonder, I'm, just, I'm asking you simply, where's your faith today? What do you believe? Your doubt is not death to your faith, simply 
a check engine light. You know, my, my dad hates it when I talk about the story of me jumping in front of a car because it's a day that he's reminded that he almost lost me. You know, uh, you might be in this room and God forbid that you be snatched into eternity. Do you know where you would go? I can give you a chance today. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I want to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. will not you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me? I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337 337- 222-3210 and someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED S-A-V-E-D to 337-222-3210 Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.